Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Love at First Psych, a Psych Rewatch and First Watch podcast. I'm Jay Christie, big fan of Psych, longtime fan of Psych, joined, as always, by first-time fan of Psych, Andre Barrera. Andre, how are you? Hey, man, I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing today? I'm, do- I'm doing well. Um, uh, happy Twin Peaks Day. I don't know what that means necessarily, but I know it is, so... I don't know what it means either. I think it's like the day that Laura Palmer was murdered or something. I, I'm not positive, to be honest with you. Yeah, um, but I saw someone tweet about it, and I'm like, I got to mention it to Andre. Um, I'm wearing a hat me? again. Oh, um, yeah, nice. Is that the – hold on. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. It's the Hartford Whalers? Correct. Um, nice. I don't know why that I decided I was going to continue the bit of wearing a hat, <laughs> which is a completely visual bit for an audio yeah. medium. <laughs> Shit, um, now I kind of anyway, that. Yeah, so um, we, uh, we we're talking about the episode of Psych, Nine Lives, uh, which is not the uh, Kevin Spacey, Spacey movie that no one saw. Um you know, uh, <laughs> no one remembers that movie. Know. Yeah, yeah, I don't. It was I a movie where Kevin Spacey turned into a cat. You know, wait for real? Yeah, it was Kevin. Like it was one of those movies that I think like came out in 2015, but was shot like six years before. Oh my god! I think it was directed by Barry Sonnenfeld, who you know used to be a real filmmaker. Oh my god! Okay, yeah. Ooh, Christopher Walken got in this. That's horrible. I mean, Christopher it- Walken is in Joe Dirt and Joe Dirt Two. He'll do anything. Okay, but it wasn't a bus. It made fifty-seven mil on thirty million dollar budget. It's not bad. Yeah, but it, it, you always have to double the budget. Like, it, if it, if it's make if it's not doubling the budget because advertising is so much, like that's fifty-seven million worldwide for any movie. Well, not that good. clearly they didn't spend that much money on advertising because I never heard of this shit. So fair, fair, fair. Um, I'm surprised they made that much money. Jeez, um, but no, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about the psych episode nine lives. Which <laughs> sorry, sorry, real quick. I mean. <laughs> I like when you were asking me what time we were recording today, and I sent you like the worst YouTube link of all time. I said we have to discuss this today, and right, I right, sincerely right. don't think we're going to discuss it, but it was funny, people. I mean, I'll be honest. It was the link to the sh- song was it Country or Southern, the rap song by the white woman <laughs> named uh, Katie Noel or whatever. Yeah. Honestly, you were like that. That was like the seventh time I'd seen that either in my timeline or in a group chat. Um, you know, as someone who grew up in SEC country, who has two brothers and a lot of friends who are SEC grads, um, wait, that's just that behavior is not new to me. There is the, the 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 statement I would always make is that the most southern like racist the, in my high school parking lot, the people playing like the loudest waka flocka trap music were the super racist kids in the big trucks with dirt all over them. So really, rednecks. Wanting to be, do gangster rap is actually an incredibly major phenomenon. Not that I'm not saying it's not. This isn't particularly bad. Like it was a bad example of it, but like, yeah, they just a lot of people in the South just pretend to hate rap music. They love it. It's cool. I mean, it's think about it. it mudding and drinking beer is something that goes really well with rap music if you think about it. So, um, whenever I hear the word rednecks now, I think of that stupid. Cotton Eye Joe song, like the like the disco or like the dancer. Yeah, P.S. The name of the band that made Cotton Eye Joe is Rednecks with an X at the end. Um, 
I'm glad that you knew that you didn't have to, that you didn't have to qualify that that's what that that was what it was. And that there's like, I would say maybe 05 percent of people in the world know that Cotton Eye Joe was made by a band named Rednecks. But you're like my co-host. You definitely. I don't even need to explain that. He knows that. Yeah, um, yeah, and I did. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, but uh, yes, Nine Lives. That's the episode. Yes. And so we start off in 1985. Um, <clears throat> Bruce Springsteen and Madonna way before Nirvana. Um, and uh, those little bowling for soup. <laughs> okay, I, yeah, I was gonna ask if that's what it was, and I, it, yeah, yeah, okay. Right. Uh, and Sean is doing a thing a many uh, '80s kid did. He's eating a bowl of cereal, looking for the prize at the bottom, and it's not there. They forgot it. Did you ever try to get prizes in the bottom of your cereal? Mm, no, not really. I didn't really give a shit about that. I was more concerned. Yeah, I also the, feel like that, that was a thing that kind of was even by the time you know. Obviously, our age difference, but even I think by the time you were growing up, that was not a huge thing. If anything, it was like just like a piece of cardboard or something. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, yeah, on that topic, like, what was like, your favorite cereal growing up? My favorite cereal growing up, it changed, um, but probably Frosted Cheerios was like the most consistent of my favorite. Um, ah, which is like a like a later mix, you know, it wasn't like a OG. It's not an SEC. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, it, that, yeah, that, I mean, obviously, I like, there were times when I was, like, really young where I thought, you know, Cookie Crisp was the best because it's cookies. I mean, what else do you need? Yeah. Um, but, no, that, and then as a teenager, I moved into being real big into Honey Bunches of Oats. Um, mm, I was a big fan yeah. of Crunchy Oat Clusters. Uh, yeah. I, on multiple occasions, but they, they eventually made uh, All Bunches, which I was a huge fan of. Um, it's just granola, right? Basically, yes. And okay. I wasn't complaining. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, what about you? Uh, for me, it was mostly uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. was a huge fan of that. Mm. Uh, Lucky Charms. And I think for a very brief time when I was like seven or eight, I was super into the, 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 the both of the Flintstones ones. What were they called? Fru- uh, Fruity, Fruity Pebbles, Pebbles and, and Cocoa Pebbles. Cocoa Pebbles. Yeah, I like those yeah. for a little bit. Mm. Yeah, you know, cereal. I'm I'm a big fan of cereal. I think cereal gets a bad rap. Um, you know, I, I mean, I understand the health reasons why it gets a bad rap, but like, I think we've discussed this before. There's nothing I hate more than when something is unhealthy and then people try to act like it wasn't good in the first place. It's like no, 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 no. Like, <laughs> fruity pebbles were delicious. Like, I, I I understand that they have like a metric ton of sugar in them, but like, let's not pretend like sugar doesn't make things taste good. Like that just yeah. be it's be stupid. Yeah. yeah. Um. But anyway, uh. Sean's dad teaches him a very valuable lesson, though, is that the mood ring is in the bottom of the box. So he doesn't have to eat a whole other box to get a mood ring. He can just flip the box over. Boom. Yeah, my only question was, is it, like, outside of the packaging? Like, at the bottom? Yeah, I think it was supposed to be, yes. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah, because I don't think it would be inside the bag, because then a kid would pour it in the bowl, and then it's got milk all over it. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Okay, then, yeah, I mean... uh... Yeah, I wish most more parents were as um, you know progressive thinking as Henry Spencer. Yes, I like this flashback because it's like a few, the rare time he's uh, it's a positive interaction. Um, yes, agreed. Yeah, um, but then we cut to the present day and Sean and Gus are walking down the street eating Chinese food while walking a thing that normal people do. Thai food, Thai food, Thai food. Sorry, right? I wasn't paying attention. I saw the, the containers, but yes, it is Thai food. It was like it was like Mi Krao or something. So mm-hmm. Mi Krao, yeah, there you go. I'll be honest with you. I've I've only had Thai food once. I'm not an expert on Thai food, um, but Oof, shame on you. I'm sorry. Um, 
But yeah, they're eating and jogging. They're eating and jogging. Um, and like for once, it seems like Sean is displaying a general interest mm-hmm. in like how Sean's doing. I mean, how Gus is doing. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I think we're waiting for the other shoe to drop because mm-hmm. it just it doesn't like really go with how things yeah. have been going lately. And he, te- or- he tells him, don't be a gooey chocolate chip cookie. Um, and, uh, and that's just me flagging something that there are multiple things that Sean says to Gus that ha- uh, get put into compilations. And I'm not saying that Gus don't be a dot, dot, dot is a thing that there's a lot of, but this is a pretty mild one, but they get very, very specific and I love them. But he says, don't be a chocolate chip cookie. Um, and wouldn't you know what the shoe drops and they're walking to a crime scene. Yeah, yeah, they, they talk about, or Gus mentions, like, he's, like, a little bit burnt out because they've been working mm-hmm. on cases for, like, a month straight, and mm-hmm. he could use a little bit of a break, you know, because he's a farm rep on top of that, or pharmaceutical salesman, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, they got another, looks like there's something on to another case. Yes, and so they go up, McNabb is watching outside, this is where we first learned his name is Buzz. Um, oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. And McNabb says it looks like a suicide. You know, a guy from the phone company found him dead. Um, and Sean Sweet talks his way in by saying that he got Lasseter his coffee. And we learn that Lasseter takes his coffee with three creams, four sugars. Um, it's an insane order. It is. Um, you know what my coffee order is? Um, could I actually guess this? Yeah. you. Might, I mean, it's. I'll say this. It is easy to guess. I don't know if you're going to guess it. Okay, is it oat milk and sugar? I don't drink coffee. <laughs> oh, God. You fucking <laughs> okay. Honestly, the whole thing was what it really it was one of the few times in my life where I made a relatively smart health decision. Where when I was a kid and it was, I got to the age where people started drinking coffee, I didn't really like it at all. And in order for me to make it palatable, like many kids, I had to basically make it like half coffee, half creamer. And I'm like, if I'm going to do this, why even bother? And I just never got to drink coffee. You have way enough energy that you don't need coffee i agree that is the other thing that i truly don't have problems uh with energy uh anyway um so what about you what's your coffee order black well oh yeah i honestly could have guessed that that's yeah i've been drinking coffee since i was like 13 or 14 so i mean yeah i mean that was the age my my brothers are very into coffee um and uh to the point where, like, back when Dunkin' Rewards, like, were, had Dunkin' Nuts had really good rewards, it truly was, like, a thing where, like, clockwork when my older brother was in college. It's, like, 2 o'clock, Kevin's getting his Dunkin'. He's got to fill, he's got to get the rewards for every day. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. Anyway, um, so they go up, go inside, and we hear a little chatter from juliet and last time at that there have been three 1144s in three months which i guess is suicides um yeah they're looking at the forensics guys and sean notices something in the cabinet um which is a huge is, is very important was it he the... notices the red pepper flakes <laughs> Not, yeah, but, yeah. but also he notices in the fridge yeah there's a there's a marinating steak and I don't know about you, but I wouldn't marinate a steak if I was planning on checking out uh, yeah. in, in, over the next few days. Absolutely not. Um, I respect him as a, for someone who lives alone. I respect him for like being respecting himself enough to make himself a meal like a marinated steak. You know what I mean? Because I think if you live alone, it's very easy to eat TV dinners and order out. But he clearly is, you know, yeah. he's treating himself. He's being proactive. Yeah, I never even thought about that. I never marinate my meat. Yeah, I mo- I never marinate my meat, and I'm not even gonna not even gonna touch it. Uh, not even gonna touch that. Um, 
I'm not gonna touch the touching joke either. That yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. I don't marinate my meat for one simple reason, which is that the idea of thinking about what I'm gonna eat for dinner a day before I eat it is something that my brain can't do. <laughs> and it's just it is what it is. Yeah, the furthest thing I get is I move <clears throat> something from the freezer into the fridge to defrost yes, and then same. I'll just do that. Yes. Um now I do know that marinating stuff makes it better, obviously. Um and when I'm at like home with my parents and they are thinking about dinners and stuff. I do like making things that require marination. But honestly, the thing too is that a couple hours in a marinade is good enough sometimes. You know, I move some chicken, you know, mm-hmm. just throw in a bag with some, honestly, if you just throw in a bag with some balsamic vinegar, you're good, you're good to go. You know, you don't, you don't need to do that much. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, that's food talk. So they notice that, that uh, they notice that the door is unlocked as well. But this is when uh, Lasseter catches them. Um, and uh, goes to kick them out, but not before Sean notices one thing. <clears throat> yeah, he. I think what he actually notices versus what he lets on that he notices are two different things. So yes. he notices that there's some sort of smudge um, mm-hmm. in a like it looks like a cylindrical shape, in some sort of yeah. looks like a grease stain or something in mm-hmm. front of like the dead body mm-hmm. essentially. But what he really tells them that he saw is that there is a cat which. As soon as I said that, literally my freaking cat like jumps on my coffee table, mm-hmm. my dining table. Anyways, yeah, so he finds a cat and he starts, you know, making cute with it. And yeah, it's a beautiful cat. As a proud cat dad, how did you feel about this episode being about a cat? I mean, I couldn't lie. I had a feeling with the name Nine Lives, it was going to Yes. Well, way. no, I'm not, I'm not saying you'd be surprised. I'm saying like... Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it was great. I mean, I love cats. My wife loves cats. And, mm-hmm. you know, every yeah, every single time that the cat showed up on screen, it's like, it's an audible. Mm-hmm. Cute. Oh, I mean, cute. you're a bit, yeah, I, when I think of you, I think you as a big cat guy. So I knew that you'd enjoy that. Um, yeah. And so uh, Sean ends up, oh, he's, whoa, whoa. Andre's holding his cat. Say something. Say something into the mic. Come on. Don't just lick yourself. <laughs> All right. Get away. Yes. Uh, tell the audience what this cat's name is. Uh, her name's Meowie. It started off being Audrey, but now it's just Meowie. I mean, you know, you can't get much more to the point than that. Uh, yeah. And so Sean takes the cat um, and brings it back to Psych, the office. Um, mm-hmm. And when we're there, Gus is basically being like, you know, this is not well, that unusual. It's just a couple suicides. It's not, I mean, it's unfortunate, but uh, it's not uncommon. Sean, of course, retorts that they live in a beautiful place. Maybe if they lived in Vladivostok, it'd be a different story. Um, solid point. Solid yeah. point. But Sean has a trump card because on his police scanner, what did he just hear? There's a second body. So, yeah, he can't turn it off. And they're off to the scene. Yes, there was a young woman who died in her garage, a suicide via carbon monoxide poisoning. Um, yeah, it. I got major flashbacks to Midsummer. Yes, I'm. Yes, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and of course, Sean brings the cat to the crime scene. You know, mm-hmm. and um, she Sean starts using the cat as a psychic prop. Yeah, he starts using it as a psychic prop, saying that like you know. Uh, yeah, basically what you said, but it eventually leads into him like throwing the cat essentially into the backseat of the car, mm-hmm. which, you know, we don't know like what the residual effects of having a ton of carbon monoxide would do to the cat, but 
fine. True. Um, and the cat then just proceeds to take a piss on some uh, dry cleaning that's in the back seat. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which and... like which got me thinking like why the hell I think that the whole point of like the first murder and the second murder is like why would these people commit suicide? Exactly. Right. Because if you just picked up dry cleaning, why would you off yourself? Um, Unless you were going to use said dry cleaning to like you know kill yourself. Kill, you kill in, yourself in, in a specific outfit. Yeah. 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 Uh, but of course she wasn't wearing it, so yeah. But I yeah. do understand your point. As they're turning on the car to check, uh, what like I guess they're checking like that the what the I don't even know what they're checking honestly. But they have to turn <laughs> the car on, and when they do, oh no, they're, they're the, checking the levels of of monoxide in the car for some reason. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Like I don't, I I know that's what they say, but I don't really know what that means. Yeah. Um, and when they do, the car stereo is playing very loud heavy metal. Um, which, uh, seems a bit on, doesn't seem to fit this, uh, seeming nice looking girl in her twenties. Um, although you never know, you never know. I mean, yeah, don't yeah, judge yeah, a yeah. yeah. I listen to completely insane shit and I don't think most people could tell you that by looking yeah. at me that you could assume that. Yeah. Earlier today I listened to, because it was sent in a group chat, a country song that interpolates blue by Eiffel 65. Where a guy says that her girl's eyes, she has Bud Light blue eyes. Daba dee, daba die, daba dee, daba die. <laughs> do you, okay, like, I'm sorry, like, do you listen to music? Not really. I mean, when I do, yeah, it's I usually music. It's usually music that I listen to growing up. Uh, I when I'm out and about, I usually listen to podcasts. I obviously I love I like music. I'm not a weirdo, but new, like discovering new music is not something that I. I think I just fill my brain up with so much movie, TV, and podcast stuff. It just I just don't have the bandwidth to care about new music. It's just not a thing that I'm really up on. Yeah. Yeah, I typically don't, like, seek out, like, new artists. Like, I'll usually get them from my wife or something. But for now, I kind of just, like, listen to new music from artists that I've already liked forever. But And, and I, I, I also think a big thing is because I live ostensibly with strangers, like I sublet our room, I... I don't play music out loud. I don't, I, basically, I don't play anything out loud ever. Anything I'm ever listening to is always via headphones. And so I feel it'd be different if I had like my own apartment. I might just have music on in the background all the time. But I, if I'm listening to anything, it's very much on purpose. Um, and so I'm either like watching TV, a movie, I listen, you know. So it's, it's just not something. I don't have a lot of times in my life. Also, I live in New York, so I don't have a car. So, you know, just a bunch of different things. Um, yeah. Gotcha. And now obviously, if I really cared about music, I could listen to music. But I, I got so many podcasts to get through, baby. Uh, anyway, uh, I know what you mean. I, that's like eighty percent of the things I listen to. I rarely listen to music. Yeah. Too. So we cut to uh, they get kicked out of the crime scene, and the cat is uh, riding shotgun, which I feel like is fair. You know, the cat gets car sick. Um, yeah. And, no. The, uh, yeah. My cat. My cat. Uh, she's never had the. Has she ever? No, she's never been in the car like loose. Right. She always has to be in her cage. Not, not her cage. Sorry, let me let me walk that back. No, in no, her car- I mean, in her carrier. That's not. I mean, cage is not that bad. Like that's. It's funny. I remember we our family dog growing up uh, was a miniature Schnauzer, Molly, rest in peace. And no, she oddly Molly. was. She actually was um, fine in the car, and she like really needed to be out. She got really anxious if she was in her crate. And I think mm-hmm. with dogs, it's easier because dogs are more predictable in terms of what they're going to do. Like she just she would like to sit in the front seat on whoever was in the shotgun's lap. Um, yeah, but yeah, the only annoying thing is that she would like dig in. Dig, if she saw something outside of the car window, she would dig her paws into you. 
But like normally she was calm. But if she was in the crate, she was like losing it because she, you know, she, we didn't create her at home because she's a miniature schnauzer. What the hell is she gonna do? You know, <laughs> like yeah, we, yeah. Um, she's not doing I, a lot of damage. No, exactly. Like obviously, there's some dogs I understand. If you have like a big husky, you need to might maybe need to put him in a crate overnight. <laughs> she was 19 pounds. Um, anyway. As a driving, Sean gives Gus a newspaper, and what does Gus see? It's a huge bombshell. Uh, something about like doors or windows. Seventy percent off storm door, storm doors. Just yeah, a, just a simple visual joke because he was the wrong side of the newspaper. But we actually yeah. learned instead that um, the girl whose name I didn't write down, the the victim, Gloria Starks, Gloria Starks, had just landed a role in a in a local play. So, yeah. So, you know, why why would she look to end her life right before it's possibly about to take off? Mm-hmm. And said play or musical or whatever the hell it's called, it's called Dazzle and Stretch, which yeah. sounds like something I would not be interested in. No, it's it it sounds like a it sounds like a parody of a musical theater thing. Like it it sounds like Someone was like, hey, you, Cabaret's really successful. Write something similar. <laughs> um, <coughs> oh, I'm sorry. Or it sounds like an extremely weird version of Hustle and Flow. Yeah, I mean, extremely weird is kind of the way that you, theater is. I mean, Cats is the thing. So, like, you know. Uh, so, we then cut to Buzz McNabb asking Lasseter for some advice. Basically, just to cut to the chase, asking for advice on how to sexually perform on his wedding night. Which is just, I mean, I don't know why he thought that Lasseter would be the person to ask about that. Uh, I don't think, one, <laughs> Lasseter is not going to talk about his sex life. And two, I am almost positive that Lasseter did not perform well on his wedding night. Yeah, no, but it was, like, super funny, though, because... Oh, for sure. Just how mad he gets about it, because, you know, he doesn't... I know he seems like a tight ass, but he, he also seems like he'd be, like, one of the boys also. I don't know. Maybe because yeah. it's, a like, you know, a lower person on the totem pole. Mm. I think that he is just I, – I, I think a lot of it is – and maybe this is also me knowing more about the character. But he's someone who wouldn't talk about it not just because he thinks it's inappropriate but because he just doesn't even want to think about himself in that way because he's so, like, repressed. Like, he is so in, repressed about everything about himself and about anything involving ex- expression or sexuality or sensuality. And so, like, the idea of even, like – it's just not something you ever would discuss with anyone because how dare you. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, we cut yeah. to the chief's office where it's Sean, Gus, and of course the cat. And through the cat, Sean channels Gloria and yeah. does a number from Dazzle and Stretch. Yeah, he does. <clears throat> and um, and to Gus's credit, he's actually selling uh, Sean's you know act this time. He's mentioning that he's channeling Gloria by channeling the cat. Which I don't know why the cat would know anything about Gloria, but, but sure. I, I, the cat is because the cat was witness to the murder. The cat has like a connection. I don't know. I mean, it, it's all, all made the up. Murders? Yeah. But the, th- the thing is, it's all made up. So it's just, yeah, it yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So then, obviously, Lassie's throwing cold water on it, not believing it. But Vic, you know, she starts to see a pattern. Yeah, like these two people don't really well have because a lot of specifically because Sean shows the newspaper, and I oh, do yeah. love that they do the exact joke again. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. That's true. That's true. I missed that. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah. And so they cut to the psych office and Sean is writing numbers on a uh, glass board. 
Wait, um, yeah, yeah, like he because he mentions right before like that scene ends that they should be looking yeah. into a serial killer. Right, right, yeah. And um, what do all those numbers mean? Uh, not they sure. mean nothing. Sean just sees them do it a lot on numbers. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So there's like no pattern whatsoever. Do you like, remember? Do you remember the show numbers? No, I just remember that was like the name of a person that you used to fuck up in that Dick Tracy game to get clues. Uh, that is a that is a reference that I don't get. So five points to you. Yeah, he was um, like a, he was a he was a bookie in the Dick Tracy game. Video number, game. I mean, the thing is, numbers. I think numbers probably ran for like 150 episodes. I'm surprised you, you don't remember it was with David Crumholtz, Rob Morrow, Judd Hirsch, Peter McNichol. No. First of all, I don't know who the fuck Rob Morrow is. Uh, Rob Morrow was the lead character of Northern Exposure. His dad was Vic Morrow, the guy who was beheaded by John Landis in that helicopter accident. Okay, I know. The, I didn't know that Northern Exposure. I've never seen that, so I have no idea. But I did know the uh, Vic Morrow thing. Yeah, uh, Numbers ran for 119 episodes. It was these guys. I'm showing a photo of Numbers. It was, it was brother. One brother was an FBI agent. The other one was a mathematician. And the mathematician brother would use like formulas and shit to catch people. It was okay. You know, it was which, which one was Crumholtz the mathematician? Crum, was Crumholtz the mathematician? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I don't know. Yeah, and Judd Hirsch was the irascible father who lived in uh, Crumholtz's like attic. Um, oh my god! I'm looking at this. This uh, wasn't Diane Farr the chick from like Loveline? Uh, that I don't know, but I, is she the uh, redhead? Megan Reeves. I, I mean, it was a, it was a sh- honestly it was just a show like CBS. I just they got some shows, and I mean, it, there's no cultural f- footprint in numbers, um, except that it is a funny thing to reference because the E is a three, um, right? Yeah, okay. um, I'm genuinely surprised you've never heard of it because once again, it did run for 119 episodes. That's not nothing. Never um, heard of it. Yeah, uh, I feel like actually those years though will probably be your least aware of network TV years, just based on your age. Was at the it time. when I was in college? I think partially. Yeah, no, maybe not. 2005 to 2010, yeah. There's no fucking way I was watching TV, except for like no, Entourage, I mean, maybe. The, the, <laughs> thing, the thing too, though, is that I think also the difference between you and I is that I'm a psychotic person who like, when you say like, there's no way I was watching TV, it's like, yeah, I wouldn't have to know. I, I not, Just because I didn't watch numbers doesn't mean I wasn't aware of it, although I did watch it occasionally. Like, I'm just, I have the problem where I'm aware of everything is my sickness. Um, Fair enough. Anyway, but instead... Sean re- remembers the cereal box, and he decides to turn it upside down, which means that they're going to go to the first victim's place. Um, and so they go there and meet with his brother, who he shared an apartment with, under the guise of being people who wanted to uh, to want to rent out the bu- apartment. Yeah, um, it seems like a nice apartment. Um, from yeah, they <clears throat> they go to the place. They seem like it seems like a really nice apartment. And basically, Sean and the by the way this whole scene plays out, it's a whole comedic uh, bit about them being partners, right? Yeah, Life very partners. 2006. Yeah, 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 very much so. Um, you know, so they're going apartment shopping. The mm-hmm. good thing about this apartment is uh, utilities are included. Um, the thing I was unclear about was whether, like, for the record, utilities are also included in my current situation. So, good. Stuff. Uh, not mine. I think it's just trash and. I think it's just trash, right? Oh, and water. Yeah, we don't have to pay for water. Anyways, um, what was unclear to me was, was it like a condo situation where he was like selling it? No, I think he's subletting it. He's subletting it, I get it. Okay, gotcha. All right, yeah. Yeah, Um, which is my situation as well. 
love having a flat utility fee because in New York, because I have a window unit air conditioner and there's nothing worse than like having to like negotiate with how long you keep it on. When you play, play a flat rate for utilities, it's like, baby, it's staying on all day. <laughs> it's a that's flat nice. rate, baby. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Like I do, am I, like for example, this month I am probably paying more in utilities than I actually use, but it comes June balances out. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, uh, we learned, they talked to the West, the brother, and um, there's, like you said, the jokes about them being in a gay relationship, and we learned that the brother killed himself, um, and that, uh, you know, the West is kind of mad about it. He's like, there's so much to live for, there weren't a lot of signs, um, and yeah, he kind of seems sad about it. Yeah, you know, I have to admit, I was kind of like... I was already formulating my own version of what the crime was at this point when he mentions that he was very talented and a great singer. I'm like, okay, maybe this is like a art world related, uh, you know, yep. string of crimes. Mm-hmm. And so while they're there, Sean commits a federal crime. He steals uh, the dead brother's mail and opens it. Um, one thing, truly a federal crime. A uh, phone bill. Yes. Uh, I, but I think I've heard many people say is if you're going to commit a crime, don't make it a federal one. Uh, don't also don't fuck with the post office. Apparently, like the surest way to get convicted and go to jail for the minimum sentence is to fuck with the post office because like yeah, they're all like, mail fraud. Because mail fraud is a very easy case. <laughs> like the evidence is right there, and it's the federal government, and the federal government does not fuck around with prosecutions like that. So do not commit mail fraud. Like genuinely, that is a piece of advice I've heard on multiple occasions, <laughs> especially because you can get caught up for other crimes doing mail fraud. Like how many times? Does a person get convicted for like a conspiracy, but you look at the charges and it's like, oh, they got convicted for wire or mail fraud. They didn't actually get convicted for the actual crime. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I remember like Lori Laughlin and Felicity Huffman got caught up for is like the bribes charge didn't take, but wire fraud easier to prove. I'm, yeah, I'm wondering like how mail fraud would work just like on a, on its like sole basis. Like, how would that work? Like, you just like open a bunch of people's mail and that's it? I don't think that that's technically like considered. Yeah, I don't know if that's considered mail fraud. I think it's – I'm not an expert in these things, although I am talking like I am. I just know not to do it. Um, but if anyone is an expert in postal crime – I mean, one of my good friends does work for the Postal Service. <laughs> uh, but I don't know if he knows uh, the details of uh, mail fraud. Um, but yeah, please for, let us know. Does he work for Ben Gifford or for Jimmy Tamborello? Um. That's a reference to the band, the Postal Service, I'm assuming? Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, I, I'm thinking there's a sign that the freckles in her eyes, what is it, have mirror images? Is that the song? Anyway. Um, yes. So, we see on his mail that he call, had he made 16 calls to a 1-800 stress line, um, which Sean, Sean might, thinks might have something to do with it, so he tries to get Juliet to run everyone else's phone records. Yeah, you know, and this is news to me, um, that there's like just stress lines i know that there's like 1-800 gambler and obviously like suicide lines so did not know that you could just do one for stress yeah they do exist uh i don't know how prevalent they still i mean i think they, i think there's little lines to call like they might be branded as something more severe than stress but i think that there are lines that people can call um if they're you know feeling a little down oh i'm sure it exists it just wasn't advertised that's yeah. for sure um and Juliet shuts him down and basically is like and Lassiter comes over and they're basically like we've done this already like stop acting like you know we know that they all called the same people and they bring up a good point which is like if they ended up being suicidal sure they called a line about stress like that's actually not surprising that they did that you know like that's normal behavior um 
And so Sean decides that he needs to, you know, do this part on his own. Yeah. And at this point, you know, I mean, sorry, I, I, th- I mean, I, I think we all at this point, we're being led to believe that obviously the person in charge of what's going on or the person responsible for this kind of mm-hmm. shit is the operator, some mm-hmm. operator, some wayward exactly. operator. That's just taking, yes. It's being a real doctor could about the whole deal. Exactly. Um, and it turns out we don't know Jack. Um, and <laughs> nice. And so Sean, in order to get better reconnaissance, he, uh, rents out an office. Wait, no, sorry. He just rents a sign that he puts on, uh, the janitor's closet and pretends it's office space, um, for a dial, the dial, a psychic, a business. Yeah. Um, you know, unfortunately for him. The psychic business probably around 2006 wasn't as hot and heavy as it was in the mid 90s, late 90s. No, yeah, definitely a good, not not as not as good a time to be in on the dialing a psychic. Um, and so yeah, you know, there's a there's, that's the only reason why they can uh, only settle for a um, for a broom closet essentially. Yes, and uh, Sean has a gift pineapple that he's going to bring over to the yeah, stress line. There it is. There it is. And uh, we meet uh, Ted. His name's what is it? Ted. Uh, I don't Terrence. 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 Terrence, uh, who's played by character actor writer Carlos Jacot, who I I thought this was true. He actually the, the reason I know him one is because he's um, a uh, I think a series regular for half of the run of Studio Sixty on Sunset Strip, a show that I may or may not have seen all of, and also he I think. <laughs> I think he also was a producer on Psych eventually because he he's it's a situation where a couple actors play multiple roles over the seasons of Psych and I call Carlos Jacobs in like three episodes as different characters anyway, um, but Sean introduces himself and he introduces his partner Gus Silly Pants Jackson and I'm letting you know this is probably other than the pineapples this is the first of the most important bit in all of Psych Gus's nicknames where every there's a bit and I'm just gonna tell you this you don't want you to watch out for it. Sean introducing Gus as names that are not his actual name. And there is, I think the supercut of it is like seven minutes long. Um, and it is truly one of the best things in the world. When I actually was originally planning to do this podcast, I th- toyed with the idea of introducing you with a different name in every episode, but I wasn't going to come up with 120 of them. Yeah, there's no fucking uh, way. But I thought about it. That's how integral it is to uh, to the show. Okay, yeah, it's seven minutes and fourteen seconds. You sick freak. Yeah, uh, my another title I thought of too was maybe if I was going to do that, the show would have been called um, "And This Is My Partner." That that that. Anyway, bad. yeah, it's not bad. But uh, but once again, I didn't want to have to come up with one hundred and twenty. Um, the only one I came up with was "And This Is My Partner," Barry Shabaka Henley. But I'm like, I can't just do character actors with funny names the whole time. Um, anyway. Uh, the phones are all down, so he, you can talk to everyone. And um, we see that uh, that there's a guy who is kind of looks like he likes death metal named Rory, who is a poet, and he does know it. Yeah, I knew that was coming. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. So I think right now they they have this that same little parlor trick where they try to like figure out whether Sean's a psychic or not. Yeah, and <clears throat> Sean deduces that. Rory's a poet just by looking mm-hmm. at the fact just by looking at a book on his desk that's literally a rhyming dictionary mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I'll be completely fucking honest with you I have no idea what a, I mean I assume I know what a rhyming dictionary is but I don't know what a rhyming dictionary is and I've never looked at one 
Yeah, I've never looked at an actual one. Uh, back in the days when I used to, uh, when I was a teenager, write, try to write comedy raps. I definitely used RhymeZone.com, um, which is a, but that's different. Where you just type in a word and it gives you rhyming uh, words. It's not like a physical book. Um, but anyway, uh, but is it the same thing? Well, yeah, you look up a word, you look up beat, and it gives you like uh, deet, seat, meet, leet. Oh, elite, excuse me, uh, discreet, um, you know. I see. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Um, I believe Rhyme Zone is still up. Uh, I hope it is. It, it did me a lot of favors back in the day where, once again, I tried to write comedy rap songs. Um, I would kill to see those first raps and just get, get you canceled so fast. I, I mean, the thing is, I don't think really any of them would get me super canceled. I mean, okay, there are ones that would get me canceled, but thankfully those were not ones that I ever recorded in any capacity. Um, I, just, I, just were, looked up, I just looked up chicken. I dare you to give me like two words. Chicken, um, well, Wiccan. Oh, um, and thicken, thicken. Nice, nice. Okay. I was good at writing raps. Like the thing That's is, okay. I'll say this. I'll say this. In terms of the, in terms of the actual act of writing words that rhyme in a clever fashion, that is something I am incredibly good at. Okay. But writing raps that are that things people care about, not good about. And actual yeah, rapping, I'm not very good at because I and over enunciate way too much and do way. Too, I'm just I have absolutely no ease with anything I do, and so it feels like homework listening to me rap. <laughs> guess what? Guess what else? There's there's a uh, quicken, quicken, um, uh, sicken, sicken, yeah, stricken, stricken, I'm stricken. I can't leave. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's. We can't do this. I mean, this yeah. is a, this is a bad tangent even for us. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. But well, we're guessing words that rhyme with chicken. Like that's a, that's a that's a deer for our show. Uh, we're having chicken for dinner. That's why it came into my oh, head. Anyway, how, how are you preparing it? How, whoa, 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 how are you preparing it? This is a good tangent. Uh, actually, it's just gonna go into um a like a like a stir fry with some noodles and yeah, some good. shrimp. Actually, also. Oh, so. like I'm, I like what I'm hearing. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. sounds good. It's gonna be nice. Um, I ordered a uh, chicken sandwich from Bear Burger because they have gluten free buns. Anyway, um, so they uh, Sean goes back and he meets with Gus, uh, and he get, brings the most important thing for the, the new office. One hold on one oh, one real quick scene before that Juliet meets oh, Lassie right. at the beach and it's actually a funny right, scene because right, right. she's like sorry, I know I yeah I know why you come here like this is so beautiful like the seagulls and like the ocean view and Lassie like the typical scamp that he is says oh never noticed and she brings over some information and essentially what he brings she brings over is uh, an image of Rory mm-hmm. the guy in question who Sean mm-hmm. is gonna. Uh, check out next exactly and so sean meets gus in the uh the janitor's closet he brings a poster of a kitty that's just hanging there which reminded me of remember when demotivational posters were very funny classic no. stuff oh is you remember those motivational posters that have like the black yes i know those yes the meme was you do like demotivational ones where it was like you know like kill yourself uh, or something like so like, no no not that bad but like um you know what would be like uh It'd be like acceptance. Except that your life will be nothing because you're bad at everything. Like, you know. But anyway, it's not too far off the path. But go on. Yeah, I mean, I you're also asking me to come up with a meme off the top of the dome. <laughs> it's like they the actual ones that existed were funnier. Probably not that gotcha. funny because this was like 2007 internet and nothing on 2007 internet was actually funny. Um, nope. But you know, uh, so 
he Sean tells Gus to call the stress line and ask for Rory. Um, and uh, as Gus is preparing to do this, uh, there's another conversation with Terrence um, about how it's a nonprofit with 12 lines. Um, and the uh, they're looking to add more. Yeah, and there's a note about how um, we, we see a peak of that there's a schedule for the phone maintenance. And um, we see a guy outside at one point. So basically the phone maintenance is a thing in the ether. I don't know how much you were catching it. But it's I clearly was, a yeah. thing they want you to know about. Um, mm-hmm. And so uh, um, Rory – we learned that Rory's only there for community service. Um, yeah, he's there for community service as a result of an assault that he committed on someone who didn't really like his poetry. Which, yeah. you know, uh, doesn't really speak to a poet's soul to, like, beat the shit out of someone who doesn't yeah. really like what you're vibing with. I wonder if it was slam poetry. Um, oh. Which also, no, I, that wasn't even a joke, because I'll say this. If someone does slam poetry, period, full stop, I I might have to punch them. Um, want to hear my impression of slam poetry? Psych! Sean! Gus! Gus is us! Gus catches the bus to go to the scene! What do you mean? He is a psychic. He does deduces with his mind, and he finds the killers. That's slim poetry to me. You wrote um, this out. You wrote this out. No! No! Don't bullshit, Don't bullshit me. <laughs> I didn't bullshit you! I'm yeah, good at this! you me. Nah, shut up. Anyways, right, he, oh, has, uh, he, has okay. two, he has He has 250 hours. No, stop this. He has 200... <laughs> I didn't! <laughs> That's even worse, man. I'm good at bullshit. <laughs> I'm okay. good at imp- improvising yeah, lines. Yeah, you are. Okay. He has, apparently, he has 250 hours of community service, which that's a fucking lot of community service. So clearly, mm-hmm. this is, he must beat this guy into the fucking floorboards mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyway, at this point, Rory gets a call from Gus. And mm-hmm. uh, Gus is, you know, he said it's both career and personal issues. And Rory is very, very, very bad at this because he immediately jumps to suicide is not the answer, even though Gus is just saying he's a little bit stressed. Yeah, but he, like then he starts describing suicide as like a beautiful thing. Like he mm. describes it like the like as a beautiful death, like not quite like on the battlefield, but like, you know, your body floating up in a beautiful like mm. body mm-hmm. of water. You know, it's yeah, he's he's going into dark places unnecessarily. Exactly. exactly. Um, and so uh, he gets off the phone. And they regroup, and Gus says, you know, he makes some good points, that Sean's his only non-work friend, and that pharmaceutical sales is not sexy. I mean, it isn't at all. Um, And, you know, Gus comes to the conclusion that he needs to take a little bit more risks, which, Mm -hmm. yeah, I would kind of agree with that. Mm -hmm. Make more friends? Sure. Why not? Yeah. And so Gus is what thinks that Roy's guilty, wants to call Vic, and Sean correctly points out that they don't have evidence of anything. Um, but thankfully, Vic is already there, uh, and he she's there with everyone else to uh, arrest Rory because uh, Lasseter is convinced that he is the guy. Yeah, and his big uh, his big clue is to find the eyeliner that mm-hmm. he wears, which was like demonstrated very obviously to us that he was an eyeliner wearer. Okay, honestly, like real real quick. I thought for a second Rory was the brother, like dressed up. He looks That's so not, similar to yeah. him. They they definitely look too similar to both be in the same episode. Uh, yeah, that was yeah. Interesting. Anyways, yeah. So they find the eyeliner, which is exactly which I don't know if we referred to, but there was a suicide note right. on uh, yeah. the Stark Gloria, girl, Gloria Stark. Yeah, on her windshield that was written in the eyeliner, and it just so happens to match Rory's uh, eyeliner as well. Mm-hmm. So it's looking pretty good. Like it might be him. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, at that point, was already starting to think that, like, okay, there's 13 minutes left. There's no fucking way that it's actually him. So no. clearly it's a frame job. Yes. And when uh, Lassie pulls out his headphones to play the music to prove it's death metal, it's like, what is it, like musicals music? It's like not death metal. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It's like some like Little Shop of Horrors kind of shit. I don't know. Yes. Um, and so they end up arresting him anyway. And, sorry. And Rory says he fucking hates metal music. He's yeah. a poet. Yeah. That's exactly. A- uh, and it's they end up arresting him anyway, and Sean notices someone on the cell phone pole outside. And that makes him have a moment where he realizes what's going on. And so they mm-hmm. go down there and Gus climbs up the pole. And this is when Sean puts together the shoe mark where the little things you climb up on poles, um, uh, they um, they leave the mark on the bottom of your shoe. Um, my uh, Which, dad okay, actually used to do just, this. Okay, did, was there grease on those poles? Like, why the fuck would they do yes, that? It seems I don't very know. dangerous. <laughs> I don't know, but yes. Is it to insulate I, from like electricity? I have I, if no it idea. was, if it was earlier, because it's ten fifty three where I'm at now, I would call my dad and ask him. Um, mm-hmm. The only thing I he, he didn't do it a ton, but I do remember. I believe this is true, and he can correct me if it isn't. I remember him mentioning offhandedly that he was up at the top of one of those poles with his radio next to him when he learned that Stevie Ray Vaughan died, which is just a memory that I have. Him yeah, interesting. Yeah, great. And I just double checked when he died because I'm like, that makes sense. And yeah, 1990 will be about the time. So yes. Um. Anyway, uh, Goss, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Real pride and joy of all of us. And so, Goss wants to get down, but Sean needs the phone to see who's the next victim because basically the whole thing is what what who is doing the killing and why are they doing it yeah it seems that like whoever is being killed is like the last person that like spoke to or was on the phone for whatever yeah maybe you can can overhear if you're on the pole one of those telephone poles you can patch into whatever calls going on correct and and all the all the all the suicides or whatever mm. seem to coincide with whenever that pole maintenance per- mm. phone maintenance person was yeah. at the pole. So that's the big clue now. Exactly. And we, and, you know, in Wes, the brother, we learn he's working the pole and not the way that people normally mean. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the last yeah. person, unfortunately, that called was our friend, Buzz McNabb. Buzz McNabb, yeah. See, and for the first episode, you kind of were like, who are you talking about when we say McNabb? The second episode, you're like, who are you talking about? You, but McNabb, he's a special character. He's such an innocent. You um, know, unfortunately for him, it's just like I, I just automatically go to Donovan McNabb. Like, there's no other McNabs. Yeah. Uh. That's true. Um, I, I, the difference, of course, being that uh, two Bs versus one. That and that, I think that uh, Buzz McNabb knows that NFL games can end in a tie. Um, uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, and doesn't get shit faced the night before Super Bowl. Um, is that what he threw up? Allegedly. I mean, he threw up uh, for a lot of reasons, but allegedly. that's okay. uh, Allegedly, he was out too much. I see. Um, so Sean yeah. and Gus make their way over to Buzz's place, um, right as they're alerting the police as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the sad, I mean, the, the unfortunate part is the door is unlocked. And what do you think that means? It means that, uh, you know, Buzz, he, he wants people to walk in on him. No, he uh, he's being held at gunpoint. Yeah, he's, the biscuit is out, mm-hmm. and sure enough, the brother Wes is there, and he has like a noose on him, right? That's yes, yes, because he was planning on framing it as a suicide, because I assume he didn't know that he was a cop. You know, I'll say this, I respect that Wes, you know, kind of went through all modes of suicide, you know? 
there was yeah, a exactly. Carbon dioxide yeah, exactly. T- a tapestry. Um, yeah. Because we learned that because his brother actually killed himself is the thing. The second one uh, was a Sylvia Plath. Uh, the third one was pills, and the fourth one was uh, the carbon monoxide. Wait, what was the second Sylvia? Oh, Sylvia that's right. Yeah, we didn't see any of head, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah put her head in an oven. Yeah. Um, there was a great tweet I saw recently where it was someone saying that like until they were twenty, they didn't realize that they they never really made they didn't know that uh, ovens used to just emit carbon di- monoxide, and so they always assumed that Sylvia Plath like cooked her head, <laughs> <laughs> which is funny. I mean, I, you know, I never really put much thought into it, but well, it's because I, I think in like the eighties or whatever, they basically ch- changed that where they don't no longer because um, she killed herself in the sixties, seventies. Yeah, but like you, I, I, if I remember correctly, like with new ovens, you can't do that. Um, at least I, I don't see. think you can. Um, but yeah, uh, interesting. Huge L for her, honestly. Like, obviously, she's a very well respected poet and means a lot to a lot of people. But like, imagine meeting her in the afterlife and being like, "Hey, uh, your name is a shorthand for a way to commit suicide." Oh, <laughs> like you just, you know, um, I, you know, it's just, it's unfortunate. Um, but anyway, uh, he was planning on killing Boz McNabb via noose, um, but yeah, he's holding him at gunpoint, and then the police come, and there's, like, we learn, basically, that Wes, uh, it's funny, because first, you're, like, psych, this is actually a pretty sad motivation, that he was, like, mad at his brother for killing himself. Yeah, Um, yeah, I was like, what? Like, this is not, like, the show I'm watching. Yeah, and so he was taking out on other people who he deemed as weak. Which, once again, like, if this was a Criminal Minds episode, like, yeah, that absolutely sounds like a motivation for a serial killer, but not for Psych, necessarily. Yeah, of course. It was interesting. Yeah, so, yeah, we, we get to that, you know, the, you know, mm-hmm. West saw his brother kill himself and targeted other weak people for the same reason, and he, yeah, the, the motivation is revealed, and he starts to get a little bit crazy, and Sean takes it into his own hands mm-hmm. and starts suggesting that he shoot different people which we find out he's just like buying time for the cat who went unnamed which is kind of fucked up that there was no name for the cat i Uh, I presume that they didn't know the name of the cat unless it's like name was on its collar i mean fine but yeah the cat to pounce on wes and yeah that's it yep kind of and they and then um sean decides that buzz's wedding gift is going to be a cat which buzz seems to like and i know you like cats but just bringing a cat on someone is kind of fucked up. Um, I mean, he seems like a lonely guy, so I'm not necessarily... But he's I mean, not I getting married. A... Yeah, so what? He <laughs> no, but I'm saying, needs a little bit no, more. No, but I'm saying that if if I didn't have, like, the... I not don't have a litter box, I don't have a place... Like, you're just bringing a cat on me. Yeah, well, you know. I mean, clearly, you, honestly... Clearly, honestly, he hasn't I been getting like, enough pussy. True. I like <laughs> cats. I'm not a cat guy. So I think a cat, you're a cat guy. My older brother is now a cat guy. He turned into a cat guy. His girlfriend made him a cat cats guy. Cats are easy, man. Cats are easy. I know they're easy. I didn't, we didn't grow up with cats because my mother is very allergic. Um, and so uh, it was never an option. Um, but I've gotten more into cats as I've been an adult. And like the places I go are less related to where my mother is. You know. Um, Shout out to Marlene. Shout out to Marlene. Uh, excuse me? I know your mom's not named Marlene. It's just that's going to oh. be my bit. Oh, okay. Honestly, mother, I'm just gonna say that. That I was the reason why I didn't catch that is because <laughs> not that it's not a good bit now that I know it's a bit, but I'm like, is he confusing me with someone else? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, no. Um, no. Um, so yeah, shouts to Marlene. Um, 
And so then we cut to the end where they're eating some fruity puffs, and um, Gus is feeling good about himself. A, pa- a dermatologist said that he looked handsome, and you know what he says? And this is a, this is a phrase that my brothers and I, were, for some reason, we will quote to each other. Pharmaceutical sales can be sexy. <laughs> yeah, apparently. I mean, especially if you're like slinging some Viagra, why not? Why the hell not? Yeah, you know, and Dooley Hill's a good-looking guy. You know, he's he's a trained tap dancer. Um, you know, is he? Yes, yes. Okay. That is actually like one of his gimmicks as like a performer. Not a gimmick, but like, yeah, uh, he's a trained tap dancer. Um, nice. But then he's looking for the mood ring in the bottom of the box, and it doesn't seem to be there. Yeah, it's because of course Sean got to it first. He flipped the box over. And yeah, I'm actually kind of shocked that he was able to close the box up after it. It must have been mm-hmm. like dual flap where they both work cuz yeah. the bottom is like glued, but whatever. Correct. Anyways, yes. semantics. Anyway, so yeah, Gus is pissed off cuz Sean got the mood ring and that's kind of it. Yep. Uh what would you give this upside out of 10? I gave it a seven and a half. It was kind of a step back. Um, I gave just it just because, a seven, actually, because I actually think that I mostly because I know how good the show gets. <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm inclined to agree with you just because I didn't really buy the killer's motive motivation. Like that doesn't really jive uh, unless he was yeah. like mentally ill the whole time or like had yeah. this weird thing. Like it just seems like a really weird thing to like set him off. Yeah, I think the thing about it is a lot of times Psych won't have super complicated motives because the show has much more bits and stuff so they don't have as much time to delve into the killer and that's fine to do like if you're not going to spend that much time with the person who ends up being the killer they can't have this complicated of a motivation you know what i mean like they're just you know like it's like yeah it seems like the the murderers and all that like and don't get me wrong that happens on other shows but like these people they tend to take the back seat and it's just kind of like a thing that happens yes and i think that um that happens, and I think also, like, as the show goes on, a lot of times the motivation just becomes simpler and simpler because it's mm-hmm. it's easier to... It just is better for the story if it's if you don't have to go through a bunch of hoops. Um, I see. You know, like, that doesn't mean that the plots are less complicated, but the motivations are easier, and it's usually just, like, someone's holding, hiding a secret or something, you know what I mean? Not mm-hmm. that um, they have a crazy plot. Um, but uh, just because you doubted me, give me another topic to make up slam poetry about. Uh, chicken wings. Chicken wings. They're from Buffalo. When you go, you get them with the sauce. Franks. I'm being frank. Thanks for the wings, man. I got some ranch or blue cheese. Please give it to me. I'm at the bar. I'm getting in my car to get the wings. Wings stop, drop, roll. They're delicious in my soul. See, slime poetry's bad and it's easy to make up. Yeah, it's fucking horrible. Yeah. yeah. Um. Right. Uh. Sorry if you're a slime poet and you're listening, but... Yeah, this is the truth. <laughs> what do you want me to say? <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Uh, but Andre, we want people follow you on Twitter. Follow me at Andre Pereira. You can follow me at the Jake Christie. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe, share the show with the biggest psych fan in your life, and more important than that, please tune in next Tuesday as we talk about weekend warriors. Mm-hmm.